Hello, everybody. This is Rafal Davidovich. Welcome to a special edition of our Shi'urim, our classes on Sefer Yehoshua. This class will serve as the wrap-up, the concluding class of the 24-chapter book that we completed just this week. I, there are some thoughts that I have about this book, and I wanted to share them with you. The truth is, I have a uh, manuscript of sorts of a book that I hope to have published one day on Sefer Yehoshua, and this series of classes was based on uh, that book. And there are many, many thoughts that I have on Sefer Yehoshua that I think are especially relevant to life in general, to Jewish life in general, uh, Jewish individual life, as well as Jewish community life. And I'd like to share some of those thoughts with you now. I will not go in as much detail as I would like, because I'd like to keep these classes brief for your sake. I have gotten a lot of feedback over the course of the past uh, several months that people enjoy the short classes. I myself do not enjoy giving uh, such short classes. In fact, it takes me much longer to give a short class than to give a long one because I have to work on abridging my thoughts in preparation for the class. But here goes. Sefer Yehoshua is what I consider to be, and this is my first thought on the matter, a book that, if it was written in English with a subtitle, the way many English books are written, I would call it Joshua, the understudy. Because Yehoshua is the understudy of Moshe Rabbeinu. And in fact, there are many elements of this book in which we see how Yehoshua is exactly the stereotype of an understudy. What do I mean by an understudy? So put briefly, when you have someone who is an actor in a play, you have the main actor, but if the main actor ends up not being able to show up, then the, other, then the understudy takes over. And when the understudy takes over, there are two qualities involved. One is the degree to which he is the perfect understudy and does a wonderful job, and the people who show up to watch the show are not too disappointed because he does a wonderful job. He's been following the main actor, and even though the main actor isn't there, people appreciate that the understudy has done as good of a job as he can, being the perfect student, or a near-perfect student, of the main actor. On the other hand, the understudy is not as good. And this is true of Yehoshua as well. And in this way, I see Yehoshua as being the perfect understudy in both matters. On the one hand, and I've mentioned this before in some of the classes, Sefer Yehoshua is a 24-chapter work. and At least that's the way it's been divided by the non-Jewish standards, and I'm going to use that for now. The first half, meaning the first 12 chapters, you see very clearly how Yehoshua is the continuation in that he is the perfect understudy of Moshe Rabbeinu. So that the phrase that is used so frequently in these early chapters is how Yehoshua did exactly what Hashem told Moshe to do. So Moshe was not able to cross the Jordan River, but Yehoshua accomplishes everything that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to have accomplished, everything that Hashem wanted the Jewish people to accomplish when they entered Eretz Yisrael. Yehoshua replicates the splitting of the sea by having the Jordan River, the Ardain split. He replicates the idea of having a national bris milah for the Jewish people. He replicates the idea of having a first carbon Pesach, the first Passover of the Jewish people in the Holy Land. 
And then the conquest of Yericho, Jericho, is the perfect, miraculous conquest that in many ways replicates the miraculous exodus from Egypt. Then things begin to falter a little bit, but even when they falter, there is still success there. So that when the Givonim, who are locals, local residents of the Holy Land, fake their status and pretend they are from far away, and the Jewish people enter into a treaty with them, Yehoshua, even though he is disappointed to have discovered the ruse, allows them to remain part of the Jewish people, and this unfortunate dishonest moment ends up being the catalyst for Yehoshua and the armies of the Bnei Israel to take over the bulk of the land that becomes the land of Yehuda and uh, and Yosef. Now, things take a turn when Yehoshua does not finish the job. And this is the last 12 chapters of the work in which it's emphasized that Yehoshua did not complete the job. What did he do? The land that remained unconquered was then surveyed by tribes, and Yehoshua now left the conquest of the remainder of the Holy Land to be given over to the individual tribes, which means that the kingdom, and let's just call it that, the national government under Yehoshua would be dissolved. And in this sense, Yehoshua did not finish the job. He told the remaining tribes to go finish doing things on their own. And we then discover in those chapters that even the tribes that we thought had been totally conquered actually still had pockets and cities of many local residents that the Jewish people had not done away with. So that even those areas of Yehuda and Yerushalayim, for example, and then Yosef, had pockets of people that had not been conquered. So what are we left with? So as Yehoshua completes the 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 job of his lifetime. He sets up the cities for the Levium. He sets up the uh, cities of refuge. And he sets up a national shrine, even though it is not permanent. The national temple of the Jewish people for the next three and a half centuries would be located in Shiloh. And then Yehoshua tells them in two farewell addresses that they're not done. And this is the point of chapter 24, telling them that they are still weak. What is the point of telling them that they are weak? This is the main lesson of Sefer Yehoshua, which is that the Jewish people and people in general cannot succeed by having everything handed to them from some higher source. Because things that are handed on a silver platter by some higher source, whether that higher source is Hashem, or whether that source in a human sense is by having a powerful leader of any kind, whether a powerful religious leader or a powerful military leader, if the people don't actually do the work so that they accomplish it through their own efforts, through their own grassroots efforts, then things will not succeed. This is why all of the great stories of Tanakh begin by Hashem starting the project, and after Hashem starts the project, the people who get involved have their first failures, and then they fall to the ground, and when they fall to the ground, they have to take the steady climb up. This is why Moshe Rabbeinu does not enter the Holy Land. Because Moshe Rabbeinu is all about the perfect leader who is the Nosein, who is the one who gave the Torah to the Jewish people. So had Moshe Rabbeinu entered the land, there would have been no growth at all. It would have been a fait accompli. This is the way the rabbis understand it, that had Moshe Rabbeinu come into Israel, everything would have been perfect. 
But life is not about perfection. Life is about that growth and achievement. This is why Hashem created the world. So what this means is that Yehoshua has to slowly lead them in. First of all, by replicating Moshe Rabbeinu, emulating Moshe Rabbeinu. So as the rabbis say, Moshe is like the sun and Yehoshua is like the moon. But then, Yehoshua, as he passes away, understandably does not just name a successor, because it's not about having a successor. It's about the Jewish people now growing from the bottom up. And this serves as the real prelude to our next Sefer that we will begin, Sefer Shoftim, the Book of Judges, which is all about how the Jewish people grow from a collapse of their entire national identity into various tribes, and how they slowly, over the course of the next four centuries, climb back up that hill to achieve the ideals that Moshe Rabbeinu set for them. So that is my summary of Sefer Yehoshua. Please let me know if you've been listening, and uh, I'm glad to have sh- been able to share this journey with many of you. Hadron Allah Sefer Yehoshua, v'hadrach alon, we will return to you, Sefer Yehoshua, and Sefer Yehoshua, may you return to us. Our glory, our pride is in you. We are proud of you, Sefer Yehoshua, v'hadrach alon, and we hope you are proud of us who have studied you. Thank you all for listening.